Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Amigos, live from New York at the Greater New York Dental Meeting in 2019. I'm Rob Montgomery, and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here. I'm enjoying this field trip uh, podcast out here. Got my permission slip signed. I'm ready to go. Having fun, just knocking them out, talking to lots of people here on the mic and off, right? Uh, and, uh, it's the closest I'm going to get to camping ever. So I feel like I'm camping out here. There's a lot of Starbucks, so. Yeah, camping in Manhattan. I don't think that's a thing, but uh, I guess that's sort of what we're doing. We've been the, the gypsies Podcast here. camping, yeah, yeah. That's right. So uh, we're uh, fortunate enough to have uh, 3M sponsor us uh, this afternoon so uh, and, and host us. So we're coming live from the uh, the 3M booth here on the on the convention yeah, they floor. they got the dentist stuff here, composites, bonding stuff. We're going to hear more about it. I am in my element, Paul. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, here, put some lease agreements on the floor if you make That's you it. comfortable. I'd feel yeah. better, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've got a great guest coming up now here, uh, amigo of ours, uh, Dr. Joshua Austin, uh, who is a practicing dentist and native San Antonian. Uh, he is a uh, UT San Antonio undergrad and dental school uh, uh, wait, grad. I'm going to correct you on that one. Okay. U- UT Austin for undergrad. Okay, and, I'm sorry. Uh, UT Health Science Center San Antonio for All right, for somebody school. sent the wrong yeah. thing. No, so, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, good. All right, good. Can't mess um, this up with Texas Duly noted. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Austin is a member of the prestigious Seattle Study Club, which is a network of professional dental study groups dedicated to ideal comprehensive dental care. And he's also a published author, lectures nationally on restorative dentistry and reputation management and has a monthly column and weekly e-newsletter in Dental Economics, which is, many of you probably already know, the most read dental magazine in the world. So uh, we're happy to have uh, Josh on the show with us today. And uh, without further ado, uh, here's Josh Austin. Welcome, amigo, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's fun to be here. Excited to talk with you, Josh. I know know, uh, we we know each other. I want to start with a tough question. Uh, If you were going to get nachos... What would be your favorite topping? And if we were where, near, where you live, where would you pick to go? So where in San Antonio to go um, is this place called Las Palapas, which is kind of a deep entrenched San Antonio exclusive fast food Mexican place that's open 24 hours. Okay. Wow. So the good. 24 hours, distinct advantages, because you're wrapping up, maybe a late night at the office, yeah. or maybe the bar, <laughs> you know, wherever you're at, you know that Las Palapas is there for you with a nice plate of, of nachos. Listen, I'm a ground beef guy. Keep it simple. Oh, I like that. Beans, cheese, ground beef, maybe a little lettuce, uh, guac on the side to dip into sour cream. I don't like the mess on top. I like to yeah. control. So give yeah. me the pile of guac, the pile of sour cream, the pile of pico, and I can control what I want where. I like so that's that. My, we've that's had, my deal. We've had a guest that, that talked about the fact that they don't like it soggy because yeah. of all that stuff. Is, yeah. that, is that the issue, Josh? Yeah, you know, I think control the crispy? soggy. Yeah, and I think it's like the, it's the prosthodontist in me that, like, I want to control exactly every yeah, yeah. little bit you're, of you're, you're, Your yeah, dosage, yeah. Yeah, your bonding exactly. amount. Exactly. Bonding but, yeah, agent. the sogginess, the mesh, you get it all over you. Like, the way that Las Palapas makes it is, is they have these perfectly triangled, 
pieces of chip, right? Then uh-huh. they make, they're like, it's a, a circle that's quartered. And then they put all the layer, even layer of beans, even layer of cheese, and then the sprinkler of ground beef on top. So it's okay. a really clean nachos experience. Okay. And then you dip in the different things you like, and you're good. You're not, you don't have stuff all over your shirt. You know, if you're eating it while you're driving, it's possible. You can't eat the pile of nachos, like, while you drive. That's true. That's a quality presentation, and I I do a lot with Seed. I'm trying to just uh, develop different programs, and I do lifetime access to certain things, and I like, this is lifetime access to nachos at this place, right? 24-7. Here, next time I go to Las Palapas, I'll, like, video it for you. Yes, I like to see the deal. I'll send it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like nacho parts unknown, right? Yeah, I like that. You know, a couple of guests from San Antonio now, this this weekend. I almost feel like it's not fair. You yeah, know? that's like, your, that's your, you got, is, you got a lot of good this choices This is serious there. nacho country. Yeah, yeah like right? the cheesesteaks yeah, in we, Philly. Yeah, we take nachos and Tex-Mex seriously. We take brisket seriously. Those two things. Yeah, and sometimes are. you mix the two together. Ooh, brisket nice. on nachos, not bad. I, not bad. I, I like that. I like that. Well, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, so if you can, yeah, tell our, our listeners uh, what you've been up to at the uh, the Greater New York Dental Manager. Uh, just finished nine hours of speaking, so six hours yesterday, three hours this morning. Um, it's a beating. Um, they put me in a room next to Gordon Christensen talking about the same stuff. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, and I would just point to the wall, like in between Gordon and I, and be like, this is what Gordon is selling, telling them next door. I'll just tell you here. It's in a smaller room. It's more personal. And I'm going to be funnier when I say it than Gordon is. Um, but yeah, no, that was fun. And then uh, did a really nice deal on on reviews yesterday to a big room of dentists, so that was fun. Nice. That one's always fun. Like, what, what were you talking about on that? Um, so, you know, reviews are really important these days as far as how practices build, as far as how people, you attract new patients to your practice, and even, like, retaining your existing patients. Like, what you have out there about you and what your patients are saying about you is important, and we have to yeah. really focus on that. And really, no matter what marketing you do, online reviews are really, really important, and they're a big part of that. Because let's say you send out a direct mail flyer, right? Yeah. You spend 15, 20 grand on it, people go to the mailbox, they open it, they see it, they're going to do some like two-factor authentication, right? And right. they're going to check your reviews first, right? right, before they make the call. So right. no matter what you're doing, no matter what your practice model, no matter who you see, it's an important part of what we do today. And it's it's dumb that we have to deal with it, right? Yeah, it is what it is, though, but, right? Like yeah, it's the, the genie's out of the bottle, and mm-hmm. it, you we can't just turn a blind eye to it, right? Yeah, so right. it's you know a few systems to help dentists get more reviews, learn about where to focus on and where to look at them. How do you handle it when you get a bad review? Um, which has happened to me a bunch, you know, and you, you just deal with it. And uh, But you lock down, try to lock down some systems to help you. I'm a big systems guy, mm-hmm. systems and checklists. You know, that's, I want to ask you, Josh, my wife is a big review fan, yeah. and she'll review, read the reviews, other reviews. Yeah. When you're looking for a product outside of dentistry, yeah. a vacation, sure. what's your site that you use the most? He's a lot of Yelp, and I know Yelp gets a lot of hate, but I'm, I'm a Yelp fan. I always have been. Sometimes deservedly so. I mean, you're, I've had you're some big clients who have really, been yeah. restaurants to Yelp. Your Yelp restaurants to Yelp, yeah, yeah, Yelp, yeah, Yelp. But yeah, I mean, Yelp does some stuff, but it's also, you know, it's also there. You can't delete yourself from it. It exists. You have to deal with it, right? Yeah, so, for sure. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's you, you, can, you can spit at them and call them a bully and all that kind of stuff, but they're still there, mm-hmm. and, and what is on Yelp? Is out there for people to read. You should know what it is. Right? And I think oh, yeah. you, you tell us, tell our audience, like when you're reading reviews on Yelp at yeah. a restaurant, yeah. and you see the bad one that the dentist would hate about themselves. Right. How do you see through that for the restaurant? Is it usually the length, the right. uh, the uh, the emotionalism? Sure. Is it? I'm just yeah. curious. So I mean, you know, I I love to look at like famous chefs. So I love chefs. I love the Food Network. Um, to me, like I was in the hotel yesterday, and I ran into a lady who was a contestant on. 
Halloween Baking Championship Season 6 who was eliminated in Episode 2 named Brittany Lombardi. Like, that's how into it I am is, like, know, like, what she we were eliminated. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was more psyched than so you were. So I took a picture with her, and I was like, oh, my, I loved your cake. I thought it was great. I thought they gave you a really hard time. So I'm really into that stuff, and so I love to look at famous chefs and what yeah. their reviews are. And, and what it really comes down to, so Thomas Keller is the best example. Thomas Keller is probably America's preeminent chef. Uh, he has a, a, a restaurant called The French Laundry mm-hmm. in Napa, and sure. he has one here called Per Se in Columbus Circle. Um, and he's like James Beard, award-winning chef, probably America's most famous chef. He's Michael Jordan of yeah. chefs, right? And he's got crappy reviews. Right. And you go read the reviews, and what you realize is that not everyone has the taste for what Thomas Keller gives yeah. people. Right. And that's fine. Right. I'm not everyone's dentist. I can't make everyone happy. I have my personality. I mesh well with some people. I don't mesh well with others. I do things a certain way. That may not be what someone's looking for, and that's okay. When I'm reading reviews, if I pulled up a restaurant, if I pulled up Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, and he had 5,000 five-star reviews and nothing else, my initial thought would be, that stuff is fake. Yeah, rigged, huh? Yeah, it's rigged. Sure. People respond better to businesses that have 4.6, So you're never going to have a perfect score, and that's fine. You're more sympathetic to people if you don't, and find what you do and do it. Don't, you can't be all things to all people. Right? And I and think that's so, such an important yeah. point, Josh, because I, one of the things I say to the residents and dentists is live your life in the most. And, you know, which, which I'm a big systems person, too, and in my practice, you know, you get one review that people don't like your policy about paying but most people are fine with it. Right. Don't change your protocol right. yeah. because you're one person because you're going to mess up right. the whole system. Yeah. You know, you're just not their dentist. But you know, That's if you're funny. a young associate, but the, the of course, is, let's say you're a young associate and you're working somewhere, and most patients are saying we really like seeing you, but you're just taking too long with blah, blah, blah. That's something good to hear. Maybe you want to change. So I like live your life in the most. I just think dental school makes us focus on the lightning, make us focus on these things that rarely happen. And they just sort of make our dental brain broad, which I think is a perfect segue into, you know, we do a lot on the dental amigos with business and practice management, but this is one of our first times we can dig into the dentistry stuff of clinical. So we're at 3M and PhilTech is something my dad used when, you know, I started with him. So tell us a little bit about, you know, you're, you're talking about chefs. If you're a top dentist chef, your tools, your ingredients yeah, with sure. uh, the 3M products and how you use them. Right. So, I, you know, I, I went to dental school probably around the same time as you. I graduated in the mid-2000s. Yeah, it was 2002. Okay, yeah. so same, same era. Um, and, and in the era that we graduated, we layered a lot of composite, right? Yeah. Posterior composite we layered, anterior composite we layered with differing opacities, yeah. right? And that works really well for some people. So you've got, like, the, the top chef guys who are really good at anterior composites, and those are guys like... Um, Pascal Magne and Bob Margis and Marcos Vargas and Newton Fall. And these are guys that are like freaking Da Vinci's at yeah. Composite. And I'm not them. So 3M had the legacy product that's been around forever. 3M Filtech Supreme Plus, um, you know, that's the go-to anterior composite kit. Yeah. Great. 36 different shades, four different opacities. It's a, it's a master <laughs> artist palette. And I'm not a master right. artist. So that kit... N- worked okay for me when I tried really hard. Right. And so in the past couple of years, we've seen these companies come out with simplified composite systems, knowing that not everybody is right. Newton Fall. Right? Nor do all your patients want that. We just had Jason Smith right. in Philadelphia, yeah. and he was on our podcast. Same thing, yeah. right? He said, Smithson's one of yeah, those guys. He, he said, I do 13-minute occlusal, com- occlusal composites because my patients don't want to sit that long. And I, right. I use this one example with my 
teaching, I say, do you want the best haircut possible? And everyone says yes. I said, is it okay if it takes seven hours? They right. say no. no. Well, that's the answer to everything. Right. How do yeah. you figure that out? Right. So it's just, right. it's, a, it's an important point. Right. I think when we get out of school, we think, right. I'm going to get all the colors and all the stuff. Sure. I'm going to get this massive <laughs> kit with all the stuff and, and including A6 dentin. Yeah, right, yeah. And, and clear, smoky, translucent <laughs> yeah. enamel, whatever. And what happens is, is two and a half years later, you haven't used any of them, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you throw them in the garbage because they've gone out of date, yeah. right? And so I like the idea of let's simplify it down, let's make composites that blend better, and so you have shade selections in your composite that match more than one shade of two because they blend so well. And that's what Filtech Universal does. You've got eight primary shades that you can use to meet any of the 17 Vita shades that are out there, right? Gotcha. So. That's really the key is simplifying. You're talking about better inventory management. So once a year, we do spring cleaning in my office, right? Sometimes it's in April in the spring. Sometimes it's in the summer, whatever it may be. But it's a, it's a horrifically stressful day to me because, yeah, while we're cleaning and tidying and all that kind of stuff, and I love the way it looks afterward, I also see the trash can full of all the stuff that we threw away yeah, that expired. Yeah, exactly. And what is my thought when I look at all that? All the wasted money yeah. that we spent on that, right? All the overhead that I'll never get back. Yeah. And so I'd love to simplify my systems as much as possible, eliminate as many of the excessive SKUs or SKUs sure. or products that don't get used often. They get thrown out, right? And so... And I think we're drilling into something that's important, pun intended, being a general dentist. You have to keep track of so many different things in your office. Right. And it's like, I always joke with the polishing kit because like you go to these conventions, it's great, you learn. It's like pink, yellow, blue, green. And then the fourth time it goes through sterilization, like, I guess old pinky will do, right? right? So it's like... Whichever one is yeah, there. So yeah, so it's just hard that, you know, Rob, you see Rob, he just works with one yellow legal pad and one computer, sure. he's done. <laughs> Us dentists, it's like, it is like the so top chef stuff. stuff. You have so right. many things. Yeah. And I just think, you know, I was going to... Both Josh and I are big uh, Back to the Future fans. Absolutely. And I, I love that movie. If you went Back to the Future and told your younger dentist self to say, hey, you got to simplify what you do Absolutely. every day or you're right. never going to make right. it. You know, yeah. it's right. like you can't have 14 steps just to get right. to the bonding of the composite. Well, I would think, too, that as far as just training people and just any kind of system that is that you're going to try to get other people sure. in your office on board, I mean, right. the more steps there are, the harder right. the it harder is. The harder it is. Right? And the more, the, more, you know, the more cats there are to wrangle. And so, yeah. you know, I, you, I, I, systems and checklists, keeping the thing simple, you know, the other thing is CE, right? Like, so CE, I think, is a bigger indicator of a, of a or indicator of a bigger problem. Is you go to C courses, and, and what are the the most popular C courses anyway? They're implant placements, yeah. sinus lifts, veneer stuff, full mouth rehab stuff, all on force, right? Yeah. Those are the rooms that sell out because those are sexy topics. People want to hear that, and that's awesome. You come here to Greater New York, you go through a whole all on four thing, and then you go back to your office on Monday morning. What do you do? An MO oh, composite yeah. on number yeah. three. And we never spend any time on the MO on number three. We never spend any time on getting two minutes faster on an MO on number three. Well, that sounds stupid. Like, oh, two minutes. Yeah. Great. Now I can go check Facebook, right? Or Instagram I, I, or whatever. I love, we love your message. And Rob has become a de facto dentist. Yesterday we were learning about all these different products that streamline what you do from yeah. scanning yeah. of the right. scanning and even, so even buffering add, anesthetic. Add that two minutes onto every composite you do for an entire year. And that's a day of production. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. The one all-on-four case you're going to do in a year doesn't make the difference. The saving two minutes on every composite you do. That makes a difference. Yeah, little so things that's add really, up, yeah. right? And, and the, I would also say is, you know, we, I like to talk about helping dentists deliver better patient care, making more money, and being happier. Sure. So even this two minutes, as a practice owner, there's always two minutes of fire putting out you sure. can do. Because right. people, my team's like, I have a surprise for you from a patient. It's like, how handsome and good looking I am? Nope, nope, that's not the surprise. They're mad that you did this implant and blah, blah, right. blah. And you can just go and take this time and, and get these micro 
pockets to manage the yeah, business. Right. Yeah. So being done, no, you know, I always joke and uh, nobody's ever said to me except once. This is a true story, actually. I was a young dentist. I told someone it was going to take an hour. I used to work at night. So it, was, it was a new mom. Seven o'clock, she had a Kuzel composite. I said, we'll be done at eight. We were done at 725. I sat her up. I was thrilled. I said, I thought I'd exceed her expectations. Yeah. She said, can you take longer? This is my only break of the whole day. Wow. And I said, you could sit here. But that in my whole career, that was the only person who ever wanted a dental procedure to take longer. Take longer. So everything else, massages, meals, yeah. longer. Whatever so, she had going so, on at home, yeah, right? Yeah. So but I think she just wanted to be away from the kid because it was her new mom. So uh, I think that, you know, it's just so important that these efficiency steps that we have make you a happier dentist. You and, know, listen, like, and efficiency is important because, like, I'm on Delta, right? I'm on PPOs, like yeah. 85% of the other dentists in the country. I, who was president last time any of my PPOs got raised? Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's a good I don't one. know. Like, yeah, that's maybe George one. W. Bush, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't happen. Your rates aren't going up from your PPOs, right? They're just not happening. Unless you're contracting out with another company, like Unlock the PPO or Five yeah. Lakes. Or, unless you're actively working at that, if you're just letting it come in, your rates aren't going up. So how do you be more profitable? You get more efficient, you get faster, right? So you can do more dentistry. It's the only way it works. And so things like Uni- Filtech Universal are a great way to help you with that, right? Things like Scotch Bond Universal, eliminating fourth-generation bonding agents, the extra primer step, all that stuff, selective etching, Scotch Bond Universal, done, right? Those are all, all I, I like the Scotch Bond Universal, too, and I have multiple associates, so we're onboarding people. And sometimes, few people listen to me in life, Josh, but some did, and I had an associate <laughs> who went to Perio. So we trained her for a year, and I said, you should do Perio. It's like, I'm going to do it. But now I have to replace her. I have to bring her into the office. And the universal bonding of Scotch Bond is just an example of, you know, some dentist who've been doing well say, well, I've been doing this way with 16 different steps. Sure. But you can't scale that across multiple offices or right. even just multiple operatories. Right. You know, I sometimes, Rob, you know, maybe this will help you appreciate your own dentist. After you do a class two composite and the, and the patient stands up, I sometimes say, like, look at all this stuff we put out for yeah. you over here. Yeah. Because it looks like a, a bomb has gone off on yeah. a that side Tornado with, yeah, with little uh, micro brushes and it's just there's so much I like the book The Checklist Manifesto yeah. a lot and you just try to try to you know get your procedures down sure. into repeatable stuff so that they're good to very good yeah. dentists are kind of constantly searching for excellence and at the ex- they're at the expense of their own sanity right. the expense of making money and the patient doesn't care, right? So I, I think that's a yeah. So Filtech is something you guys are using. Well, it's the, it's the dentist's perfectionist mentality. Yeah. You know, it's it's what got you to where you are and get you through school, and you yeah. excel because Perfect you want to be the, the best. Enemy of good enough. Yeah, yeah. Right? And exactly. Then, but then you get to a point where I think, from a business or professional standpoint, you have to take a step back and say, like, is this perfect stuff really working for me and it's just really cool to hear Josh talk about this because this is really probably the number one recurring theme that we've had this weekend Paul which yeah. is just how to be more efficient how to save time and time is money and, sure. and, and when you're trying to compete in, in an ever you know more you know competitive world with with DSOs and 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 sinking uh, insurance uh, rip yeah. fees you know so you got to you got to think the you average dental dentist can't tell you how long their class 2 takes right but I guarantee you almost every DSO can tell you every single provider in their organization how long their class two takes because they track all of it analytically. Mm-hmm. Dentists don't look at any analytics, right? They look at their bank account at the end of the day. That's it. Right. They, look at, they look at the bottom line of the day sheet. That's the only analytics they get into. They don't delve into any of that. And so, so those opportunities to get more efficient become more difficult when you're not well-versed in the data that's important to your And practice. these are why yeah. you know, coming to these Good meetings stuff. and meeting people face-to-face and seeing this is so important because – What's crazy to me is some people have described me sometimes as being negative, but I'm really just trying to be realistic and positive. And Josh just shared, many of your fees have not gone up in a long time. So you have to become more efficient. 
or else, you know, I no say way. dentists can't wait till their elastic on their sweatpants break to finally go on a, a diet. And some yeah. of them do that. And I said, you got to be making these steps all the way through to figure out how you can just get a little of this back. And it's, it's, these are the type of things that you do. And tell us a little bit more about with 3M and other products that you review through dental economics. Yeah. I think it's cool that you're kind of, you're on the front line yeah. of new products. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Well, so, you know, new company or companies come out with new stuff. And I generally have relationships with uh, the marketing people and the new product development people. And so... I'm usually in a little bit ahead of time on, on stuff, at least with the bigger companies. So 3M, Filtech Universal is coming out. You know, I probably got my first samples of it probably eight months, <laughs> nine months before it, before it hit, hit the industry. And so you develop that stuff. And, yeah, does that, does that cost me some time sometimes, always mixing in some new stuff here or there? Yes, but I'm also being compensated for, for that part of it too. You know, I get paid a little bit by DE to do that stuff. And so that's just a cost of doing business for me. But let's be honest. Like, does it take you all that much more or less time to use a different adhesive? Like, You're no, right. it's about the same amount of time. You do a little bit of homework the night before to read up the instructions and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, important, develops, important developments have been made in restorative dentistry products in the last five years. Universal bonding agents is one. You know, if you just stuck to what you were doing before, you know, now you're doing two or three whole extra steps before. And so if you're not constantly looking at ways to get more efficient and ways to get better, you know, you get left behind really quickly. So mm-hmm. you have to constantly be vigilant and constantly be out there thinking and looking about new things and be willing to make a change when warranted, right? Now, we don't just make changes willy-nilly because right. changes hurt and changes take some time and there's <laughs> training and all stuff that goes into it. But there are times when you need to make those changes. And if you imagine, like, the way that you did something in 2001 when you graduated from dental school in 2002, what percentage of that do you still right, do today? Yeah. It's almost and, nothing. And some of like that maybe the way the you fun, give a block. Some of that should be the fun part about being a dentist. Absolutely. And I, and I, incur, I you, you're doing a solid for the community yeah. that you know. I have the ABCs of what I do. Always be changing. Always be creative. And always be closing. Us, yeah, always like that's from Glenn. That's why I say Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Give but me um, the Glenn Gary yeah, leads. Yeah, um, <laughs> they, uh, you're doing a solid for the community and sort of trying this stuff out, reporting back to people sure. and saying this makes you faster. And I think it's cool. You, you find it fun. Yeah, I, I enjoy the hell out of it. And it also, you were mentioning cool. before, it, it gives you sort of this mental agility and flexibility to handle things when there's drop nachos, sideways nachos, you don't have something, you can't reschedule a right. patient, yeah, yeah, sure. and you're practicing this because some right. dentists, their rigidity is, is their own Absolutely. thing, right? The right. patient, you know, if they didn't have A2 instead of A3, they might not want to do it. Yeah, which, like reschedule I don't know who, the patient. I don't like, know how that on, happened how that happened to ever, them, right? Yeah. You know, uh, well, but I, I think patients have the expectation that you are doing that. You know, I yeah. think it's professionally and ethically that's what you should be doing. Yeah. I mean, I know in my profession, we're constantly trying to figure out better ways to deliver Absolutely. services. I mean, there's a reason why you have continuing education requirements. I think there's an expectation professionally that you're going to stay current right. Right. and be, uh, you know, up to, up to date with products and right. procedures. You know, and for the people that don't want to change, you know, that's not, I don't think that's right, you know? Yeah, that's why I would like to ask you, because you do so much speaking and you're kind of, you're going all over the country. Uh, give me some insight. You know, you're meeting dentists face-to-face yeah, sure. and lecturing. I'm just more just curious, you know, you're, what is the challenge in dentists embracing new stuff? Are they yeah. literally not finding out about it? Is it too hard as a solo practitioner to, yeah. to, to do it? Or like if, you, if I said, hey... What are the what's the climate out there in right. middle dentist America? Share a little bit. You know, so when you look at and you kind of have talked about it before, sort of like there's typical traits that a large percentage of dentists have, right? And so like one of them is being fairly resistant to change for the yeah. most part. You know, um, dentists generally, by and large, like to do things a certain way. They're typically meticulous, typically pretty detail oriented, and they do things their way for a reason. That's why you hear about. 
you know, dentists around the country that like, oh, the, the gauze was in the wrong spot on the tray and they threw something across the room because <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. they're mad at their assistant, right? So, and those are obviously like overgeneralizations and stereotypes and whatnot, but it comes from some seed of truth of, hey, dentists like things a certain way yeah. and they like to do things a certain way and they like their schedule and they like things laid out and they like things a certain way. And so that is, is an issue for some people is just resistant to changes that things are just different. I think people are in a pinch with the PPO stuff, right? And I don't want to call it a crisis, but PPO reimbursement rates are going down, right? Yeah. They're not growing to meet what the cost of living and inflation increases are in our overall economy. And so how does that work? And when 98% of your practice is PPO and you don't get a bump, but then your assistants are coming to you and say, hey, yeah. I need like a 4% cost of living and your rent right. goes up 4% and you've got this, this and that. everything you do, all the and insurances so you're trying you buy. to get more out of the same pie. And I think what a lot of dentists need to think about is try how to make the pie a little bit bigger. Yeah. And so there's only a couple ways you can do that. You can work more days. You can do different or expand the procedures that you do, or you can get more dentistry done, but in the same amount of time that you did it before by getting more efficient, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're really quick to try to go learn new procedures. That's why every Botox course here is completely right. full. Are you going to make more money doing Botox? Are you going to make more money getting better at the things you do every day? Amen. Get better yeah. at the things you do every day. Amen. And one of the things that I'm just a big champion of is you, if you get better at talking to patients, yes. which is kind of free, right? There's no, I, I have a CBCT now. I have other stuff. We're going to look into a scanner. All that stuff is fun. But if you change how you communicate, sure. that's something that you can take anywhere. I mean, right. Josh has given me a, a great speaker coach, Karen Cortell Reisman, I think should coach Dennis because, you know, it's, if you can talk to people differently and get them to say yes to stuff. It's all but, communication. But like you say, Dennis will be at an all-in-four course who never placed an implant before. Right. And they, that's never going to work. Right. And, you know, it's not only just getting better at what you do. It's talking about the stuff that people yeah. can benefit from that is already in your wheelhouse, Absolutely. whether that's night guards or, or just more crowns. So I think uh, it's, it's such an important point from a speaker who speaks all the time to just go back to your fundamentals, like, you know, and do that. Yeah, you know, and I'd say, too, that, you know, I'd add probably another aspect to that, how you can grow the practice, is, you know, is how to cut overhead, too. You know, sure. it's really, and what I see just generally, even in the business, the dental business world, is that, you know, I think so many dentists really focus on revenue, you know, and, and that's really yeah. not the right thing. Right. Whether you're talking about, you know, what, what when the dentist says, like, well, what does your practice do? I, do, I, I gross $1.3 million. Like, who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, you that's know, fine, are you but profitable? if you spend $1.2 right. million yeah, yeah. to get right. there, what and does it's it like, matter? It's like right. that same, like, misplaced, you know, that mentality is wrong when you talk about transitioning practices. Yeah, it's 75% of gross. Who cares, right, yes. right? You know, and so there are other ways that you have to start to think about what are, what are the other, you know, the other variables in that equation that you can control, which is productivity, overhead, you know, and, and the services that you, that you provide, but, you know, not to focus on how can I do more? Like, you know, if you can keep doing more and more, but like you said, Josh, right. if, if the reimbursements suck, then is, you may not right, want to do right, more, yeah, right? You might, the more you do, it might, right. might just make it worse, right? There are other things that you need to focus on overall in your practice. Well, the theme is the same for business too. I mean, the, I had to just find out, you know, we, on our podcast, we've had so many different companies, you work with them that have all these business services for dentists, find out about them. Maybe you sure. find out something about right. a online scheduling that changes your practice, find out about marketing. So they're also resistant to finding out these things. And I, I never understand, like, you could, just like you do with products, you could try a product and it could be a good product, but you decide not to use it. No big sure. deal, but you found out about it. Right. You know, you saw, and, and it, I think when you walk around these, this floor and you do stuff, some of the things that we have 
to improve our businesses are so affordable. I mean, some of the services you can add to a practice to help you with your patients daily. I mean, you know, it sounds silly now, but te- I mean, you're, you live in this generation. We used to not text message our patients. Right. And when I tried, to bring, yeah, when I tried to bring to my practice, my team said, they're never going to like it. They want to hear my voice. If I walked in uh, this week and said, oh, our text messaging thing is down, they'd all start crying because they don't want to start calling no people up and saying, you know, yeah, so right. it's, it's just an example of, you know, the dentists have to pass this information around. And that's why I still think, you know, coming to meetings and meeting people is just an important yeah. part we of growing. We will never replace growing. online Yeah, soon. and it, it's, it's, a, it's a hybrid. It's like a workout program or seeing concerts or co- we're big comedy fans. You, you see someone live, you watch them on TV, yeah. you see the recordings, and I just think dentists have to embrace more of this willingness to change because I think you, you just carefully said you're in a PPO pinch slash crisis. I agree, moving towards the crisis part. You know, yeah. move, oh, yeah. moving it's not towards moving it. the other way. It's not it's moving not the moving other way. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, you're going to have to do. I mean, you know, there's a million of these pithy style quotes, but dentists will have to do something they've never done before to solve this. Right? They're not going to go back to the their ancestors and say, right. "What did you guys do?" Because right. they're the ones who caused this. So, yeah. Right. The peanut gallery is usually yeah, the wrong, so, wrong place uh, to go for advice in general. Uh, I, I think this is awesome, Josh. Tell us as we, as we wrap up a little bit. Uh, if you went back to the future what you would tell a younger Josh and some parting thoughts for the Nacho and Amigo community yeah. uh, as you have the floor and how people can reach out to you. If I were going to go back and talk to my dental school self, I honestly think, and, and this is not pandering to you or your audience, but I really wish that at earlier in my career and or in dental school, I would have taken a more active approach in learning how to surgically place implants. Yeah, I like that. And I, I think I'm out of it. And I, certainly I could go back at any time and do it. It's uh, The further you get out, the harder it is yeah. to do that stuff and make the time for it and all that kind of stuff. You know, I think back to my dental school. We had this, as senior dental students, we could take any course from the CE department at the dental school for free. Oh, that's nice. Uh, oh, that's cool. You had, some of them were on Fridays. So you had to get clearance from your faculty or whatever. But they had this weekend continuum for surgically placing implants with the director of grad perio. And it was like eight weekends throughout the year. And that course cost a, a practicing dentist like 15 grand to do. We could have taken it for free. And I didn't take it because one of the weekends was Texas OU weekend. Which <laughs> <laughs> is a big rivalry for us. Sure. It's a big deal. And I yeah. look back on that now. <laughs> Like, what a stupid, juvenile, dumbass decision. <laughs> Why did I not take that course? It was free. It cost me a couple of weekends. Josh, right? there's probably some free beer there, too, though, right? <laughs> I'm the sure, game, like, right? yeah, yeah, I, mean, I guess. You know, so, like, I could have watched the game loss. later. And I just think about, like, all right, what is my, what, what earning potential did I lose by not taking that course versus what did I win by watching that game? Yeah. You yeah. know? Three hours of enjoyment watching the game, and probably it wasn't really enjoyment because we don't have a great record against OU in the past 15 years. So we probably lost the game. I made myself miserable, and I lost out on hundreds of thousands of dollars of potential income. It means so I tell have to take that course, you know, I, learn how to I'll do that. I'll pause you once you come, but I just like that message. I wanted yeah. to already to hear because you're just saying I would do something different. I would have gone back and kindly annoyed myself to not go with my first feeling and say, right. I want to watch a game. Right. Sometimes you go deeper because I say the dental students all, you know, sometimes Rob and I do transition courses in right. Philly. I invite dental students for free and I hear, but I got a test tomorrow. And I actually say to them, there's people that you can meet in this room, like right. the Hamilton play, that will change your life. Right. And I know there's a test on dental materials, but it's actually better if you got a B instead of an A in that moment. Right. What, is that gonna, yeah, what is that A going to, what is the cost of that? And I just trying to, and I think that these dental students, they should really appreciate that. There's so much information that's getting passed right. back, and they just got to say, right. hey, you Josh now would say, hey, go and do that. that that's perfect. And, and dental implants, too. I think it's nuts, Josh, and we both speak. 
you do some pedo, you reverse some pedo. You do some endo, you reverse sure. some endo. Right. You do some extraction. Somehow in between, it all on. messed up. Right. Yeah. And I just want to encourage people to do some reverse right. That's it. You know, I mean, like, you know, not do all. Right. I don't know why. If anyone said they did all their own endo as a general dentist, you would look at them and be like, there's right. no way yeah, that's no true. How do you, what so are retreats I, and those crazy I like right that back to the future, that, yeah. future message uh, for our audience. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Nice. Uh, as far as how people can get in contact with me, um, I would say anywhere on social at Josh Waston DDS, but I'm not on Facebook. I'm not a fan of the Facebook community. I know you guys are big what's your, Facebook What's people. your favorite one right now? Um, I mean, all right. So Instagram is fine. Um, it's probably my favorite because I don't follow a lot of dental accounts. Oh, gotcha. I, dental Instagram to me is just a weird place that I don't, I don't particularly love. I feel it's... You wrote a good article on that. And sometimes yeah, it gives you the... Uh, it's very the, self-serving <laughs> for a lot of... It's, a, it's an ego stroke. And I, and I don't understand how dentists develop big egos because we're the probably one profession where we get to see our failures happen more than anything else. Yeah. So, you know, you watch... Like I, the best endo I ever did came in recently with a vertical roof fracture on it, Right. So yeah. I'm like, I thought I was okay. And then I see that, you know, I just don't, dis- and, and, and Dylan Instagram seems to feed that. And I don't love that part of it because no one shows the stuff that went bad. Right? Yeah. They only show the highlight reel. And so you judge yourself against that, against their highlight reel, and you feel terrible about yourself. So my Instagram feed is a lot of dogs. Okay, I like that, um, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe some, like, you know, bikini models or something. Yeah. Not confirming or denying, but... <laughs> You know, things that make me feel good. Dogs and, and models. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Watches. <laughs> I'm a big watch guy, so I follow a lot of watch accounts. I see you're wearing a GMT. Uh, is that a uh, 1675? You got a little faded bezel on that. I, I have no idea I've what it is. I've uh, got this, uh, yeah. uh, the newer version uh-huh. of that one with the uh-huh. ceramic bezel. Um, so I follow a lot of watch accounts and things like that. Um, I post about dentistry from time to time. A lot of it's dogs. A lot of it's just fun stuff. Um, you're going to see the picture of me and, the, and that baker that I met at the, oh, nice. uh, like at the marquee uh-huh. uh, in, in a couple of days. Um, so at Josh Waston DDS on Instagram, um, I have a podcast called Working Interferences, which is a dental oh, comedy nice. podcast. Oh, cool. Um, I like that. I know it doesn't. I have to check that out like and realize that. Yeah, that's neat. Um, we, uh, we give bad advice is kind of what the deal is. People ask us questions, that, not like clinical questions, but like the weird Things that happen in dental offices. A mailbag of mail dental bag weirdness. Of weirdness like that. And we just give bad answers for it. And we also get a lot of stuff from Reddit. Um, the, the dental subreddit is a weird, wild place. Oh, yeah. And so we get a lot of stuff from there. Yeah. Um, so it's fun. It's a fun cool. time. It's a fun podcast. Um, it's for the day that you are had a rough day and you need some levity on your way home and you uh-huh. need to laugh a little bit. That's what working interference is. Hey, there's a, cool. and we, uh, I want to say, because about the podcast, all different kind, one of my favorite comedians is Mark Norman. I don't know if you yeah. know who he is, but uh, Mark Norman had a good tweet years ago. He said, I better start making some real friends because I don't know if any of these podcasts are going to drive me to the airport. And it was funny, but that was years ago. But now I say to Dennis listening, podcasts can feel like your friend and they can be just Absolutely. like food, right? Yeah. You move for comedy, business. And I just think I love that, that, you know, right. my brother and I drive to work together and we don't only listen to dental podcasts, but you bring on st- up stuff from all these people and they're just sharing all these mm-hmm. thoughts for free. Yeah, great and it, content. It, it, yeah. And for solo practitioners, it'd be like your friend out there. So yeah. thanks, Josh, for everything uh, you do. Where are you speaking next? At, uh, where are you um, heading to I'm next? doing a study club somewhere in Jersey in a couple weeks. Okay. So. Oh, nice. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks for being on the stuff, show yeah, with thanks us. Thanks for being on the show. It's it. fun. Yeah, absolutely. And fun uh, times. enjoy the rest of your New York meeting here. And uh, thanks for hanging with us. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with the Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on the dentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. 
And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.